0: Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more,
1: visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. So 1 Peter 1, beginning at verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, through obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. The second reading is on page one thousand two hundred and twenty one. One Peter five, verses ten to fourteen. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. With the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful brother, I have written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. She who was in Babylon Chosen together with you, sends you her greetings. And so is my son Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ.
0: Well, as we stand, let me pray for us. Father, we do indeed thank you for the Bible, that you uh, speak to us through it, that it is your written word to us. And we pray now as we come to look at it uh, seriously that we would have that kind of approach to it, uh, that you would open our hearts to it, and that we'd be ready to obey it and therefore obey you in everything you say to us. Encourage us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Please do sit down. Well, it is extremely good to be with you and uh, very good to see you here. Let me have my own welcome to that of Pete's earlier uh, in the service. Uh, Two things that I'd love you to do that I think you'll find helpful for the next few moments. One is to open your Bible to 1 Peter, uh, back to the reading that Dan just read for us. It's page 1217. I think you'll find that very helpful. The other thing that I think you'll find helpful is to dig out the um the little handout um whether you like taking notes or not at least you'll see where we're going and um I think that will be useful for you and I'll tell you where we are in it as we go through. I do hope you've had a good summer. Uh we had a great time away in France, uh, staying in uh, two different places in two little uh, gites, both of which had Sky TV. Now, I'm not telling you that because that was particularly exciting. That was not the highlight of the holiday. But it did mean that for all the relaxation and enjoyment of the summer holidays, I was very aware, even while I was on holiday, it was a most surreal experience in some ways, while I was on holiday, I was very aware of a great dark cloud that was hanging over the Christian church over the summer. The extraordinary suffering of Christians in Iraq dominating the news day after day and of course the brutality of the barbaric actions of isis have made the headlines again this week it's nothing new the persecution of followers of jesus has been happening all over the world ever since the birth of the christian church Uh, did you know that more people were martyred for their christian faith in the 20th century than in all the previous 19 centuries put together. Christians suffer for their faith, always have. Uh, appalling persecution of Christians has been happening all over the world in our lifetime without it ever hitting the news. Uh, the Barnabas Fund is an organization that was sent up only 20 years ago to support the persecuted church. And in the last 20 years, It has sent aid to 93 different countries. Persecution of the Christian church is a daily occurrence around the globe. It just doesn't normally hit the news. Now, as we turn to the first letter uh, of the Apostle Peter writing to Christians in Asia Minor, Peter is writing to Christians who are suffering. And so we're uh, on the first point on the handout, suffering persecuted Christians as we work through this letter over these next weeks, and this is what we're going to be looking at between now and, um, and uh, the first week of December. As we work through this letter, uh, you won't miss this issue of suffering. It dominates the letter because that's what it's all about. Look down to chapter one, verse six, as just one example. Uh, Peter is, we'll see this next week in the first three, four and five verses He writes um, about the incredible, wonderful inheritance that we have in heaven. And then he writes, verse 6, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Suffering grief, suffering in all kinds of trials. More literally, this could be translated multicoloured trials. The Christians were suffering for their faith in, in many different ways. As I read verse six, I can imagine a Christian family somewhere in Asia Minor in the first century sitting down for their evening meal and dad turning to the family and saying, so how's your day been? And one of the children pipes up, dad, it's been terrible. I was bullied again in the school playground. The other kids were calling me names again. What were they saying, says dad? Oh, you know, the usual, Jesus freak, Bible basher, you're part of the God squad. I'm so sorry, says dad. And then mum says, yeah, I've had it too at the school gate this morning. The other mums were talking amongst themselves and uh, as they saw me coming, as they saw me approaching, they went quiet and changed the, sub- the, the subject. I don't know what they were talking about, but I presume it was about me. You know, I feel pretty lonely sometimes. And dad says to the family, I've had a bad day too at work. I was called in to see the managing director and he accused me of de- doing wrong, even though they don't actually have anything on me he's warned me that he's watching my every move he told me that he's going to be scrutinizing my work and my conduct he didn't spell it out but i think he's going to look for ways to get rid of me in these next weeks i suspect it's because i've been inviting colleagues along to the christianity explored course that's starting in a few weeks time that was the sort of suffering of persecution if you will that these christians in asia minor were experiencing you see, as we read through this letter, we'll not read of any Christians losing their lives for their faith in Christ. We don't read of any Christians being imprisoned because they were Christians. There's no suggestion of any sort of systematic state persecution against the Christians either. So you see, as we read this letter, Peter is not writing, not writing to Christians who are suffering the sort of extreme persecution that's going on in Iraq like right now. No, Peter is writing to Christians who are suffering what we might call low-level persecution, the sort of thing that's increasingly happening to us here in 21st century Britain, Uh, where you've seen the news as well as I have. In these last years, uh, Christians in this nation have been taken uh, through work tribunals for wearing crosses in the workplace, around their neck and on their lapels. Others have been taken to court for refusing to budge on their Christian morals, A Christian magistrate was disciplined because he refused to retract a statement that marriage was only between one man and one woman. I heard of a a GP who was seriously reprimanded because she not only refused to grant a girl an abortion, but she encouraged her patient to go along to a Christian-run pregnancy crisis centre one peter is writing into that kind of context losing our jobs missing out on promotions being sidelined and ostracized in society being snubbed by friends when we are prepared to stand up for christ and peter writes to help us to stand firm in the christian life even when we get a hard time for it Uh, turn with me just to see that to the end of the letter chapter 5 verse 12 this is where peter tells us why he writes this letter Right at the end, over a couple of pages, chapter five, verse 12. Peter says, with the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful brother, I've written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God, stand fast in it. That's why Peter wrote. As we study in these, uh, this letter in these next weeks, it should encourage us to, do you see it there? Stand fast in the true grace of God. And we do need to be encouraged in that, don't we? All of us do if we're Christian. We need this encouragement at school. Now, This time last week, what a great service. We were hearing of what a terrific time you you lot had at the uh, house party. How good it was for you to be with each other, with Christians all week, week long, thinking about Christian things. And suddenly this week, you're thrust back to school where you are surrounded by your friends, and other pupils who don't share your Christian values. And when you're in the minority, it's hard to stand fast for Jesus Christ, isn't it? It's hard to, to say, I'm a Christian. You don't want to be left out of things and will be treated differently by your friends. You just want to be one of them. That's tough. We need this sort of encouragement at school, we need this sort of encouragement at university. There's a few students around here, but in the next week, students will be moving into Sheffield and, and when they do, they'll want to fit in. Christian students away from home for the first time, they don't want to be lonely. They want to make friends. It's hard to stand firm and say, I'm a Christian. That's why getting immediately stuck into a good church is so important. We're going to do our best here to help Christians uh, who just move into Sheffield to get stuck in here. Because it's going to be hard enough for them out there. They need to come here where they're going to be encouraged. Be looking out for the students as they start to arrive in these next weeks. We need this sort of encouragement at at school, in the university. We need it at work. Work is where we earn the money to pay the bills. Our job keeps the whole family able to enjoy a certain lifestyle. More than that, our, our career is very can be very important to us we've worked hard to get where we are so it's costly to stand up for christ in the workplace it feels risky to rock the boat especially if it means missing out on a promotion or or worse we need this kind of encouragement the sort of encouragement we're going to get from this book uh, at school in the university in the workplace and socially we don't want to lose friends because we've stood up for christ but that seems to be what's happening increasingly as we just stand up for the things that we know are right. We're going to need the encouragement of this letter to keep standing firm as Christians, not to compromise. See, that's always the danger. I don't think this letter is primarily out to, to, tell us, um, to stop us from giving up on the Christian life. I don't think most of us are just going to give up on the Christian life. No, when it gets hard, we're just going to go quiet. Blend in be a private Christian. And I reckon we here in the 21st century in Britain need this more than ever, this letter. In Britain in the last, what, 200 years, we've had it easy as Christians. So much of what made Britain great was built on Christian foundations, education, law, medicine, advances in, in medical approaches, all with a Christian worldview undergirding it. And morally in Britain, until recently, the moral norms of our our nation had largely been shaped by Christian values. So in previous generations, when Christians lived out a Christian life and stood up for Christian values, they didn't really stand out as different or odd because the country basically held those values. Now, as Christian... As British society becomes more morally liberal, we will increasingly find ourselves marginalized and viewed with suspicion. So, this little letter is perhaps more important to Christians here in Britain now than it has been for a very, very long time. Well, looking at it together will equip us to stand firm, stand fast in the true grace of God, giving us the courage to stand out from the crowd equipping us to live a life that is attractive to outsiders even when our morality and values are not generally accepted by our culture that then is the situation that peter was writing into now turn with me now to the opening two verses of the letter and see how peter begins his letter chapter one and verse one and if you turn back to chapter one and verse one at the same time you can turn over your handout uh, because we're on point two now Point two, elect strangers scattered. Chapter one, verse one, look how Peter begins. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. It is a brilliant way to start. Having introduced himself, he's Peter, the apostle. See the first thing he writes, just three words, to God's elect. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have started the letter this way. It is a brilliant way to start look when when we suffer is this true for you when i suffer when we suffer we ask questions why is this happening to me has god love? has god left me does god still love me certainly when i go around and meet people who are suffering those are the sorts of questions they often ask and especially when we're suffering just because we're christian which is the point here I'm doing this for him. I'm only suffering because I'm a follower of his. Am I doing something wrong? Does he still love me? Has he left me? You see, you ask those questions. This is exactly what you've got to hear. The first thing you've got to hear, to God's elect. You are God's elect. You are God's people. Isn't that brilliant? Don't you need to hear that? Just because you're suffering, it doesn't mean you're not God's people. It means you are. And he's gonna say that actually later on in chapter four. He's gonna say, don't be surprised. No, I mustn't go into that. That's chapter four. He's gonna say, no, no, I mustn't. We'll do that in chapter four. Next see what he says, verse one. He describes his readers as strangers in the world. We had a great time on holiday in France this summer, but whenever we went anywhere, we were very aware that we were Foreigners. Not least of all, because we couldn't speak or understand the language. I did my best, but my GCSE grade 3 French didn't get us very far. I only have a few phrases. And uh, le singe est dans l'arbre avec l'oiseau <laughs> is not that useful. Or oh, they're trying to learn it here, do you see down here? <laughs> it's not often, you see, that I have to make the point... To anyone, that the monkey is in the tree with the bird. (laughs) Le songe est dans l'arbre avec (laughs) l'oiseau. Sort of stuff they taught me. Anyway, because I don't have French, when I'm in France, I feel like a foreigner because I don't understand the language and I don't understand the culture. So we stood out a mile. From the way we spoke, to the clothes we wore, to the way we behaved, we were foreigners, strangers in a foreign land. We didn't fully fit in. France isn't our home. We loved it, but it isn't our home. That's exactly how it is as Christians. We are strangers in the world. We will never feel at home in this fallen world. The language we speak is different from our refusal to swear and use coarse-based language to What we speak about. There are moments with my friends when I have nothing to contribute to the conversation. Just last week, the conversation turned to stories of drinking too much and of sleeping around. Now, that was fairly extreme, but there are other times when it's more subtle, when the conversation is about earning more and more money in order to acquire more and more stuff and have more and more holidays. And look, much as I enjoy leisure and pleasure, those are not the things that motivate me in life. So as the conversation changes to that sort of thing, I have nothing much to say, really. And I feel like I'm a stranger in the world. Now, look, when I say I have nothing to contribute to the conversation, some of you are miles ahead. Of course, I have a Christian perspective. I can say why I live the way I live. And later in this letter, Peter will encourage us to do that. But for now, I'm simply making the point that in everyday conversation, I feel like a stranger in this world, and you will as well. I can understand the words that are being said, but it's, it's, it, in another sense, it's a foreign language when we have a Christian perspective. You know what I'm saying. I'm a stranger in the world and I feel this as I sit with my mates and talk to them. The culture is different. What people live for, what makes them tick, what excites them, what they look forward to in life. Of course there's some crossover, but so often I just feel like a foreigner. And so when I read this, I, I'm so encouraged. That is how it is going to be for the Christian it's not that i'm doing something odd it's not that there's something strange except that i'm a stranger there's nothing strange about my life as a christian this is not our home we are citizens of heaven we should feel like foreigners and like strangers we're waiting for something else and so to be described this way is actually a a massive encouragement and then verse one peter describes his readers as those who are scattered do you see it there His first readers, as you read on in verse one, you'll see are scattered throughout Asia Minor. They were in the region of Pontus and Galatia and Cappadocia and Asia and Bithynia. They weren't all together in one little Christian ghetto in a holy huddle. They felt alone and outnumbered because they were scattered. Now again, isn't that exactly how it is for you and me? When we leave here this evening, we'll go home and tomorrow morning we'll be scattered all over the region. Just last Sunday someone said to me they had enjoyed house party so much being with Christians all week long that they were going to find it very hard to go back to uh, to school. And so there you were this time last week singing God's praises a couple of days later back at school scattered. See it's great tonight we're here uh, we're here together it's encouraging. Tomorrow you'll be at Tapton and at uh, and at King Edwards and at High Stores and burkdale and Notre Dame and, and the High School and, and other schools. Same for those of us who go out to work. Scattered across Sheffield and Barnsley and Rotherham and Leeds and across South Yorkshire, in the Northern General, and the Children's Hospital and the Hallamshire and Western Park, in doctor's surgeries and dentist surgeries, and the universities and schools and offices and shops, scattered and so diluted. Sometimes on a Sunday evening, I feel like I could could take on the world. But on Monday morning, if you're the only Christian or one of only a few Christians in your situation, you feel lonely and vulnerable and insecure and a lot less bold than you did when you were sitting here on Sunday night. Scattered. Scattered and this word scattered actually is something of a technical word too not that it's difficult it's just that it is technical it's the word used for the people of god in the old testament when they were exiled when they were taken away from jerusalem and scattered all over the world far from home it's the word used to describe the situation that the bible character daniel found himself in he was taken captive to babylon do you remember He had a few mates with him, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were there with him along with some others. But Daniel and his friends found themselves in a different culture, far from home, in the minority. Of course the great message of Daniel was that even though he was miles from his home and miles from Jerusalem and miles from the temple, he wasn't miles from his God. The Lord was with him. So as the first readers read this and they heard they were scattered, they were saying, yeah, that's exactly our situation. And as they would have thought of Daniel, they'd have been saying, but he's with me. Think of that tomorrow. When you feel as if you're on your own at school and at university and at work and wherever you spend your day, but you're on your own Christianly, I'm not with all those good folks I was with last night, but God is with me. Well, that's what peter says of these scattered christians in verse two so the third point on the uh, on the handout chosen sanctified and sprinkled see the three things that peter says about christians in verse two christians are chosen according to the foreknowledge of god the father through the sanctifying work of the spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Note that the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all play a part in our salvation and our sanctification. And these three things, again, are just what we need to hear when we're suffering for being Christians. Not long now, three final quick thoughts. First, all Christians are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father it's very similar to what we've just read to them being God's elect. It's a wonderful encouragement. When you're suffering, it's the most marvellous thing, not only to know that you are one of God's chosen people, elect, but to know that he chose us according to his foreknowledge. See, God's foreknowledge is much more than the capacity to foretell the future. No, God's foreknowledge speaks of God's intention all along. Suffering Christians have always been his chosen people. You're suffering, you've always been my chosen people. The fact that you are suffering as a Christian does not call into question your being one of God's people. Second, we are made Christians through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. See, Christians have been sanctified and the word there is set apart, made holy. Holy. Peter will talk more of this in chapter 1 and in chapter 2. You'll see it in chapter 1 verses 14, 15 and 16. You'll see it in chapter 2 verse 9. We are holy. For now the big point is this. We feel like strangers in the world. We feel as if we don't belong in this world. And that's because we have been set apart, sanctified, made holy. Not set apart to be apart from the world but to be in the world, but different to this world so that we can point people to our God. That's the way he's going to use that whole language of sanctified and holy. You are to be different, not different weird, not different get out of the world, but different in the world so you can point people to God. And that's why third, people says we are to be, Peter says we are to be obedient to Jesus Christ, having been sprinkled by his blood. See, we've not been chosen by the Father and sanctified by the Spirit so that we can go and live however we like, but in order to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Jesus who sprinkled us with his blood. Now again, that word sprinkled is a technical word. It points firstly for us to the sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus, but it also makes a a, a link back to the old testament exodus chapter 24 the references on the handout, and it speaks of the making of the covenant in exodus 24 if you want to read those verses at home you'll see the blood of the sacrifice was was literally sprinkled on god's people after they had promised to obey the lord the sprinkling of the blood of the sacrifice is god's action in making us his people It's as if that was his side of the bargain. That's a bit crude, but that sort of language. Our side of the bargain is that we obey him. And as he sprinkled us with his blood and we obey him, we're in covenant together. So in short, verse two is saying to suffering Christians, you have been chosen by God the Father. You have been chosen to be a people set apart, sanctified by the Spirit, so that people in the world will look at you and come to know God for themselves. And through the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus upon you, you've come into a wonderful relationship with God and you demonstrate that by being obedient to Jesus Christ. So stand firm. Don't let the fact that you are suffering deflect you. You have a crucial role in the world. As you go from here tonight and tomorrow, you are scattered and you feel uh, as if you're on your own you have a crucial role, even if you're going to get a hard time for it. And the role is this, chapter two, verse 11 and 12, to live such a good life among unbelievers that they will see your good deeds and want to become Christians themselves. They will, you might suffer for it, but that makes suffering worthwhile. And it should make us determined to be obedient to Jesus, verse, one, verse two, even when we suffer. Well, over these next weeks, people, Peter will tell us what it looks like to live an obedient Christian life, even when we are likely to suffer for it. And my prayer as we start this series and as we go through it is that it will strengthen us and encourage us to do just this and that people will be so attracted by the lives we live that they will want to come to know our God as well. Let's pray together. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this uh, wonderful little book of 1 Peter, this little letter. Uh, We thank you that it is here for our encouragement uh, to help us to stand fast in the true grace of God. Help us to do that. Help my friends here who go uh, into difficult situations tomorrow to do it even tomorrow and through this week. But may it be that as we study this letter over these next weeks, that we will become more and more equipped uh, to live such a good life in the world that people will want to know who you are and why we follow you and indeed come to know you for themselves. And we ask it through Christ our Lord. Amen.